She gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Praise God, giving honor to our pastor and our first lady. We thank God for you to our ministerial staff. To my husband, you know Eddie, my love. <laughs> to our choir, to just everyone assembled here. Especially to my dear friend from the class of 62, Cheney University. The class of 62 cutting through. And Paul was our class president and a fine man in the Lord. And I believe you're a deacon, right? Well, he's a choir member at Zion. He's got a good voice. So we just praise God for him being with us today. The Lord has brought us all from a mighty, mighty long way. Praise God. Praise God. Most of us, most of our classmates are like 79, 80 and up. And we're still on the battlefield. So we just thank and praise God for that. So we want to turn your attention today to the book of Acts chapter 16. You heard the scripture read from verses 22 through 31, but we're just going to read right now, since you heard the rest of it, we're going to read just verses 25 and 26, because that's what we're going to be focusing on. And it says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Lord, Heavenly Father, we just come right now to give you glory, honor, and praise. We magnify you, Lord. We lift you up for you are worthy to be praised. We thank you, Lord, for another day and for another opportunity to proclaim your word. So, Lord, right now, we pray that you will crucify all flesh so that you can be lifted up on high. Lord God, we ask that you will flow through me. Lord God, that you will teach through me. Lord God, that you will love through me. We just thank you right now in Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving, and our hearts say amen and amen. And as we worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this day, we want to continue lifting him up because it's only by the word that we are convicted, convinced, converted, and saved. And God's word pictures the inner person. That means it pictures our motives, our priorities, our thoughts, and our sins. And the word should shake us up and make us uncomfortable. That is, it should get our attention. And the word should rattle us and make us think about how we are living. The word should make us want to roll on and do what God has ordained us to do. 
And the title of this message actually is in the form of a question. And the question is, what do you do when things begin to shake, rattle, and roll in your life? Now I want you to just uh, ask your neighbor, are you prepared for midnight? Now I want you to ask yourself this question. What do I do when things begin to shake, rattle, and roll in my life? You see, we're, we're uh, almost at the end of the year. And we've gone through some things. I don't know about you, but I've gone through some shaking, some rattling, and some rolling this year. And I think we all have. But I thank God that we're still here. But you see, um, many, many years ago on the rock and roll scene, Pastor, there um, was a song out called Shake, Rattle, and Roll. Does anybody remember that song other than me? Okay, Shake, Rattle, and Roll. And that was a, a, a song and it was pertaining to a dance where fast, jerky movements were made by the whole body while keeping in time with the rhythm of the music. Now, we used to be able to do that, but now all we can do is think about it. But the only benefit that you could get out of shake, rattle, and roll was physical exercise. But if we take the same words of that song title and apply it to our spiritual lives, it takes on a totally different meaning. And as you go through life, you're going to experience many situations that will shake you. That means that there will be some things that will cause you to tremble, to waver, and to be disturbed. And as you go through life, you will experience many things that will cause you to be rattled. And that is to say that some situations may unnerve and fluster you. You also experience in this life uh, unpleasant or difficult situations that seem to flow in your life one after another nonstop. That's when it's on a roll. That's when we say that the enemy is on a roll. But now the question comes forth. What do you do when things begin to shake, rattle, and roll in your life? What do you do when your faith is being challenged? What do you do when you feel like you're sinking in a boat? Our text here lets us know what Paul did. So we're going to take a look at the Apostle Paul and see how he responded when things began to shake, rattle, and roll in his life. And our text, text comes from Acts 16, 22 to 31, and our key verses uh, that we're going to focus on are verses 25 and 26. But in the background, of Acts chapter 16. You know, when, when you're studying scripture and when you're telling a story, you need to know what went on before so that you can get the gist of what was going on. But we find 
the Apostle Paul is on his second missionary journey. And Timothy joins with Paul and Silas. And Timothy is circumcised to break down all arguments among the Jews. Timothy was part Jew and part Greek. And um, Timothy had not been circumcised according to strict Jewish tradition. So what God is able to do now is he's able to use uh, Timothy to reach all people, including the Jews, without any problems. And the team now was forbidden to, uh, by the Holy Spirit to go south and preach the word in Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey. But now, instead, the Holy Spirit sends them westward. And going westward was for the purpose of taking the gospel to Europe. Now, how often does the Holy Spirit guide us and tell us where to go and we don't listen? But thank God that Paul listened. And then as we go on the text, we find that Paul receives a Macedonian call and a vision. So they go to several places, including Philippi, where down by the riverside, they meet Lydia, who is a dealer in fabrics dyed purple. In other words, she sold material. Now, the riverside was a place to meet, to pray, and to read the Old Testament law because they didn't have the church buildings like we have today. And Lydia listened to Paul, and she believes, she accepts, and she is baptized, not only her, but her entire family. And then as we go into the scripture, we find that Paul meets a slave girl who was possessed with a spirit of divination. That means uh, claiming to foretell future events and to discover hidden knowledge. You know, way back in the day, they had uh, Madame Cleo, who used to tell fortunes. Well, somebody said that Madame Cleo got a pocketbook snatch. She should have saw that coming. <laughs> but now, this girl's masters are made rich by her unfortunate condition. And this slave girl keeps following Paul, and she keeps loudly shouting that he and his men are followers of the Most High God, and that they are announcing the way of salvation. Well, now, Paul gets a little bit angry, and I can't blame him. How many of you want somebody stalking you, following you around all the time? Well, Paul got a little annoyed, and so he commands that the spirit come out of the girl in the name of Jesus, and it does. What Paul didn't want is he did not want to be accused of relating demon activities with the gospel. Now, the girl's masters are angry now because their moneymaker is gone. You know, when you mess with people's money, they get funny. So now, here, they turn against Paul, and they turn against Silas, and what they do is they drag them before um, 
the authorities, and they are accused of causing confusion in the city. And it looks like things in Paul and Silas's life are beginning to shake, rattle, and roll. And now as we pick up the text today, we begin in verse 22, and we find that the multitude rose up against Paul and company along with the magistrates. And many times in this life, the enemy and even so-called friends will turn against you when things don't go their way. But even when circumstances begin to shake, rattle, and roll in your life, God always is in control, no matter what it looks like. And he faithfully promised in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 to make a way of escape if you are trusting, obeying, and walking in his will according to the word. Now, Paul and Silas were stripped of their clothing. They were beaten, and they were thrown not just into prison, but they were thrown into the inner prison. That is, they were thrown into the dungeon, the worst part, so that they couldn't get away and to cause severe pain and uh, cramping their feet. Look down at your feet. Their feet were fastened in stocks. And stocks were made of two boards joined with iron clamps leaving holes only big enough for the ankles. So imagine your feet in stocks. The legs of the prisoners were placed across the lower board, then the upper board was closed over them. Now this was very cruel punishment for anyone, but especially for someone who had done nothing wrong. But Paul and Silas were in prison because they took a stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. The question is, are you willing to take a stand for Jesus? When things began to shake, rattle, and roll in their lives, they didn't sit around feeling sorry for themselves. Poor, poor me because they understood that on this Christian journey, they would have to endure suffering and hard times for the sake of the gospel. And the word says that blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And James 1 and 2 reminds us that we are to count it all joy when we have various problems come into our lives. Now, we, we, you know, we may not be in a physical prison today, but persecution, depression, rejection, physical disailments, disappointment, and discouragement all make our minds and our spirits feel as though we're being held captive. 
Some of you sitting out there today are in prison because there's some things that you just will not let go. We have to not accept that kind of defeatist attitude because it comes straight from the pit. Satan is having a field day when you are feeling sorry for yourself. Remember that when things begin to shake, rattle, and roll in your life, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you are free, for it says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But when Paul and Silas were in prison, they know who they were, and they know whose they were. They knew that the one that they were being persecuted for was a great deliverer. And the one who promised to never leave them nor forsake them. They knew that the God that they served could take a bad situation and turn it around for good. Anybody ever had a bad situation and you thought you couldn't get out and God just turned that thing around and all you could do was say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing me out. They knew that God was a good God. I tell you, your faith carries you through. And I always say that your faith is like a tea bag. You don't know how strong it is until it gets in hot water. You don't know how strong your faith is until you get in into a hot, fiery situation and you call on the Lord. And he gives an answer. I tell you, the word says that at midnight, instead of Paul and Silas having a pity party, they had a praise party. And, 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 and the word says that at midnight, their troubles came, but they were not with their heads down. They were singing, they were praying, and they were praising the Lord. And not only is midnight the darkest hour of the night, but the midnight of our personal lives are those times when you can't seem to find your way out of an impossible situation. But I've learned for myself with God, nothing is impossible. I serve a God of possibilities and we ought to thank God for being a possible God. Hallelujah. You see, at midnight, I can imagine Paul and Silas were singing songs like, I'm not worried about my soul. And I can imagine them singing, it is well with my soul. And I can hear them singing, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. And I'm going to trust him until I die. And I can imagine them quoting Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And I can hear them saying that the Lord is the strength of my life. And I can hear them say Psalm 107, 10, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. And Psalm 113, 3, from the rising of the sun 
till the going down of the same. The Lord's name is to be praised. We ought to give him some praise. Psalm 34 and 1 says, I will bless the Lord. I don't care what kind of trouble I'm in. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I don't care how much shaking, rattling, and rolling goes on. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And then Psalm 18.3, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. You know when you call on the Lord, he gives an answer. We used to sing a song that says, I called on the Lord, I called on the Lord, I called, I called, I called, I called. Day and night I called, I called, but finally he gave me an answer. I thank God for giving an answer. Hallelujah. You see, you receive special benefits when you begin singing and praying and praising the Lord in troubled times. And your focus begins to shift from the problems to the problem solver who has all power in his hands. And the burdens begin to get a little bit lighter. The presence of the Holy Spirit begins to comfort you. And it reminds you to be anxious for nothing. Anxious for nothing. And see if you're used to praying and praising God in the good times. You don't have no problem when the bad things come. And you see, because you'll already be prayed up and you'll already be praised up. But you see, the text tells us that at midnight, somebody ought to say midnight. At midnight, while Paul and Silas were having a praise party, everybody heard them. And all of a sudden, things began to shake. Things begin to rattle and things begin to roll in that prison. And the doors will open and everyone's bands were loosed. I tell you, God is a God of supernatural miracles and power. And he always shows up on ways and in ways that you don't expect. But does God have to send an earthquake for you to realize that he is in control? Does he have to send an earthquake for you to notice him? Does he have to make the enemy come in like a flood for you to realize that he is God? What do you do when things begin to shake, rattle, and roll in your life? You know the rest of the story. Read it for yourself. It tells of how the jailer was ready to kill himself because he thought everyone had escaped. And if this had happened, his own life would have been in danger. But Paul and Silas assure him that all is well. It is well. And at that point, the jailer could see the power 
of an almighty God. And he wanted to know what must I do to be saved. Paul and Silas let him know that the gift of salvation was simple and free. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Now that's simple. The jailer was saved that night. And even though things had began to shake, rattle, and roll in his life at midnight, God sent a midnight special blessing. I remember we had a store, I forget what store it was, but they used to have a blue light special. And you know, you'd run over to that little blue light and get that little bargain. But honey, when God gives a, a special blessing, you just run on and say, Lord, give it to me. Give it to me. I'm ready to take it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But don't try to take matters in your own hands. But the question is, what are you doing at midnight? That is the darkest time in your life when it seems like there's no hope. How do you react when problems and circumstances begin to force their way in your life like an unexpected tsunami? Do you try to take matters in your own hands, moving in your own limited power and not allowing the Lord to take control? Do you simply miss the miracles provided by the hand of God? Do you cry? Hold your head down in despair. How in the world are you going to trust God in the midnight of your life if you don't praise and trust him in the daylight of your life? Do you know, do you not know that the word tells us that in this life we will, not we might, we will have trials and discouragement. So why are you acting like it's some big surprise? We will have discouragement, but the trials come to make our faith stronger. And I don't know about you, but as a child of God, I'm going to do like Paul and Silas. I plan to keep on singing his praise. I plan to keep on trusting his word. I plan to believe his precious promises. And sometimes when things begin to shake, rattle, and roll in our lives, before expecting the Lord to do his thing, we may need to do some things. We may need to ask the Lord to shake us until we drop all those bad habits. Shake us until we drop all that lying, all of that cussing, all of that gossip, all of that envy, all of that pride. Sometimes the Lord has to give you a good shaking. I remember when I was a little girl, my mom, if I did something, sometimes she would come up to me and just shake me. And man, that would drive me crazy. But I don't want the Lord to have to shake me. I want him to, to move me out of my comfort zone so that I can be a blessing to someone else and learn how to depend on him. But you see, when the problems roll in our lives one after another, what the Lord is doing is he's rolling us around on the potter's wheel and he's molding us and he's shaping us to be used as vessels 
for his glory. Things around you may begin to shake. But if you trust in the Lord, you will not be shaken. But you'll remain steadfast and unmovable as you do the work of the Lord. And when midnight comes, you'll realize that the Lord will provide what his word says. And you'll realize that weeping may endure for a night. But joy will come in the morning. And you will go from midnight stressing to morning blessing. So when no matter how much you've been shaken, no matter how much you've been rattled, no matter how much you've been rolled, know that you are more than a conqueror. And you need to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did in the fiery furnace. Stand still like Daniel did in the den of lions. No harm to came to them because they were anchored in God's word and he was still with them. And Job said, though they slay me, yet will I trust him. So when things begin to shake, rattle, and roll, stay anchored in the Lord. When you lose your job, stay anchored in the Lord. When you lose a family member, stay anchored in the Lord. When the church people talk about you, stay anchored in the Lord. When you're tired, when you're weary, stay anchored. He said, my soul, my soul is anchored in the Lord. The storms may come and the winds may blow, but I'm going to stay anchored in the Lord. When all of those things come in my life and begin to shake and, and rattle and roll in my life, I'm going to let nothing stop me because let nothing stop you. Family, friends, job, finances, school, Sickness, death, not even church members. All right? Nothing. Let nothing separate you from the love of God. Put your problems in the hand of the problem solver and stand on the promises of the rock of your salvation. And that rock is Jesus. It says he's the only one. And the word tells you be sure. Be very sure that your anchor holds and it grips the solid rock. And this rock is Jesus. He's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. So be sure, be very sure that your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. And when midnight comes in your life... And you've been shaken and rattled for his glory. And you've kept the faith. He'll put your name on the roll in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you can be safe and secure. That rock is your life. If you accept, confess, and believe. You know, the jailer accepted. But the question remains, what do you do when things begin to shake? Rattle and roll in your life. Can you truly say, I'm free? I'm free. No more chains holding me. 
My soul is resting. It's just a blessing. Hallelujah. I'm free. Jesus can break every chain. And if Paul and Silas' chains were broken and they were set free by their faith and power in Jesus Christ, when things begin to shake, rattle, and roll in your life, and they will, like an earthquake, you can be set free. And try Jesus. He's the only one that can help you. And I've tried him for myself. And he's all right with me. And if you would only go down on your knees when troubles rise and you talk to Jesus beyond the sky, he promised me he would hear my cry if I tell him all about it down on my knees. What do you do when things begin to shake, rattle, and roll in your life? I don't know about you, but I'm going to walk on by faith each day. On Monday, I'm going to walk on. On Tuesday, I'm going to walk on. On Wednesday, I'm going to walk on. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm going to walk on by faith each day because he can see way down the road and he can carry my heavy load and I'm going to walk on by faith each day. Is there anybody want to walk on by faith when things begin to shake, rattle, and roll in your life? Walk on. Hold on to the rock. Know that he is a way maker. Know that he is a deliverer. He is the one that can do exceedingly above what you ask or think. Hold on to Jesus. I don't know about you. But things have shaken and rattled and rolled in 2019. And guess what? They're going to come up in 2020. And if you are trusting in the Lord, you're going to have some shaking, some rattling, and some rolling in your life. Pastor, some of these people up here going to rattle your last nerve. You better hold on to the rock and walk on by faith each day. What do you do? When things begin to shake, rattle, and roll in your life, I tell you what to do. Hold on to Jesus, the one who died on Calvary's cross, the one who went down in the grave. But on the third day, he rose up with all power. And that's not how the story ends. Because right now, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's making intercessions for you and you and you and you and me. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that he shakes me. I'm so glad he rattles me. I'm so glad he rolls me from place to place because I know that that shaking, rattling, and rolling, I'm not doing it all alone. And neither are you. Let us just stand to our feet and just, just give God a praise. Just say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the shaking. I thank you for the rattling. I thank you for the rolling. And I thank you for being my Savior. Hallelujah. Let us all close our eyes and just think about all the shaking, the rattling, and the rolling that you have gone through this year. And think about who brought you through. It was not your finances. It was not your friend. It was Jesus. He brought you through. He brought you out, and if he did it then, he can do it again. But let's just think about who he is. 
If you do not know this person that we're talking about today, his name is Jesus. He's God's only son. We celebrate him this time of the year, but he's no longer that little baby in the manger. He is the savior of the world. And he is waiting and willing to accept you with open arms. So if you have never accepted Christ in your life, we offer you the plan of salvation, which is free. There's nothing that you have to do except believe through faith. Just like you slid in that pew and sat down on that chair in that pew. You didn't look to see if the legs were strong enough to hold you. You just sat down by faith. So transfer that same faith to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you have not accepted him as your Savior, just grab one of these deacon's hands and come up down to the front. And the word says, if you accept, confess, and believe, you are saved. There's no magic potions. If you do not know him, if you do not know that if you were to die tonight, are you sure that you would go to heaven? If you got to think about it, that means you're not saved. Because you're saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You need to be saved. Praise God today. Hallelujah. Our second call is restoration. You may already know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for yourself. But you have not been in the church for a while. You've kind of backslidden. So the Lord says, I give you another chance. Come and accept the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And our third call is restoration. You need to be restored. Then... You need association. You may have just been floating around with no church family. You may have been coming to a church for years, but you've not made a commitment to become a member with benefits. We're talking to you today. We ask that you come and join up with Jesus. So we've had three calls. Salvation, restoration, an association. Is there another one today? Is there another one today? Let us give God praise and honor and glory and thank God for this one who has come today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to pray for Sister Johnson. We praise God. We know she knows the Lord. We thank God. For one more added to the number, one more time. We're going to ask Pastor Gordine, if you want to Father God, we thank you today, Lord God, for sending one more to work in the vineyard, Lord God. Lord, we know that she knows you, oh God, and we pray, oh God, that you will allow